breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Bozier, Bessie member Michael Mellorine joining us. Thanks for taking time to talk with us. You've got a resolution now, uh requesting the governing authorities of public elementary and secondary schools to provide for a school resource officer for every school under its jurisdiction. Now in Shreveport Bozier, do we not already have resource officers at all schools? We do. In our area, we're fortunate that we, um, our systems have made it a priority to have a, a resource officer or a liaison officer in there. Um, but looking into the issue, uh, the Department of Education conducted a survey. The results were published in November of 2022. Um, there's about 1,700 public schools, K-12, in Louisiana. A little over 1,200 of those schools responded. And out of that 1,200, uh, those 1,200 schools that responded, only 67% of them have a school resource officer. Um, now, if you extrapolate that out, I don't know what those other 500 do, if they do have them or not. Um, but for me, that's a big gap. And, and so it became your phone, your phone is cutting out. I'm not sure if you're, or you must be in uh, in uh, Ville Platte. I, I that's exactly where I'm at right now, Eric. So I apologize. <laughs> How did you know that? I'm I'm so brilliant, Mike. Have you not figured uh, the the problem w- w- with this? What's the cost, and and how much how much more money is the state going to chip in? That is why the second part of or my second resolution is asking the legislature to fully fund it. Um, now, look, as I said, some of our systems have made it a priority. They they make it sure that whatever the cost is, that's there to protect our students, our administrators. We need to look into it. But if we can spend over $100 million on on an advertising campaign to make sure that everybody is aware of their Medicaid, you know, making sure they're main eligible for Medicaid, I think the state can find the funding to protect our kids, to protect our teachers, to protect everybody that steps foot on a campus, uh, an education campus in Louisiana. Michael Mellorine, Bessie member from our area. Look, one one of the big issues with this is, you know, all of our policing agencies are short of people. So it would be a concern, you know, if if you now pull them away and they're now school resource officers, um, we're losing them from patrolling our communities. How do you balance that? So one thing that we need to look into is going to retired officers, um, asking and making it. Uh, available for them so that they can come back in. Uh, those people have experience in law enforcement. That's clearly what you want. You don't want someone that would, in a crisis situation, you know, not know how to respond um, to allow other opportunities to think outside of the box and let's get those people in there because they don't just protect in you know, school shooting situation. They provide a resource every day to help our teachers and our administrators take care of issues that arise. I mean, let's just look at what's happening in Caddo the, the past week. We had a resource officer prevent a potential school shooting at Southport mm-hmm. um, just last week. Just yesterday, there was a student at Herndon 
uh, magnet that, that made a threat. And, and I know parents that personally I spoke with that kept their kids home from school yesterday because they were afraid at Herndon Magnet that, that something was going to happen there. So if we can't show our parents that we care and we want to do everything to keep them safe, if they're a teacher or an administrator or their students, I mean, their kids safe, then that cuts into the ability of our educators to, to educate. You know, we're when facing you, a teacher shortage and, and I, teacher prices. That one of those things that when you talk to teachers, it's safety. This helps across the board, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. One of the th- like higher education uh, at the universities, they have a they have a police department. At each centenary has a police department, LSU. You know, I, it would be awesome if, if at least the Caddo Parish school system had a police department, if not at every school. But I, 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 I'm fully with you that we need to beef up security. And I think there, there's coming a point when we have to look at what we're doing isn't working. It's not a gun issue. It, it, it's a security issue. Exactly, Mike. And so, after the tragedy in Texas last year, I went to Superintendent Bremley and talked to him and said, look, we need an agenda item at the very next meeting that we have to address school safety and address exactly what you're talking about. And it was. It was placed on the agenda. We discussed it. That led to a school safety conference last fall, or I think it was last fall, the very first one that we had. Now, if you look, we have funding coming from the federal government to do exactly that, to talk about hardening barriers to doing things such as that to physical improvements to increase security. This isn't one solution. We're not going to have one silver bullet to do this, but the school resource officers plus addressing school access points, hard barriers, things like that. All of these things together can start to improve school safety and every step that we can do will make sure that our kids and our parents and our administrators and teachers are all safe. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to be focused on. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with uh, Shreveport Bozier Bessie member Michael Mellorine. You're having a special meeting today, Bessie is, to talk about the legislative bills that impact education. Obviously, teacher pay is high on your list, I guess. Um, fully supporting the governor's proposed p- teacher pay raise, or should it be more? So what we did at uh, our last meeting in March was we submitted an MFP funding formula that gives $2,000 uh, pay raises to all teachers and a little bit less to support staff. And then they did differentiated pay of another thousand dollars for teachers. For teachers, I fully support that MSP proposal. Um, what I think is that differentiated pay, the way it's directed, it helps. Uh, basically, if you go in above and beyond, you're a great teacher. If you're teaching in an area of need, if you're teaching a subject in need, it, it gives an incentive for some of our, our schools that can't get those teachers, those good quality teachers that we need. It gives them a little bit something extra to get there. Unions um, don't so like that, do. though. Un- teacher unions don't like that idea. Uh, will you? Are you going to get some pushback? Uh, yeah, we, we're getting pushback. Um, but if you look, I, I know myself and, and a number of other members and my colleagues, we support that idea. We think, for example, in, in Caddo Parish, you have a need in, in some of our, our urban performing schools for high-quality teachers. If you ever go to some of those schools, there are great teachers there. They sacrifice. They may not get the recognition. They oftentimes don't get the recognition that they deserve. But if we put our best teachers 
in there and give them incentive to do it, we can make a turnaround. Same thing in rural parishes. If we have some of our rural parishes have a shortage of, uh, say, physics teachers. If you give them incentive to go there, now look, money's not everything. Money doesn't fix everything. But if we can give them a little bit extra, I'm all for that. Well, addressing that teacher shortage, when you say giving incentives, I mean, that's the pretty big incentive money, you, you, you know. Look. It, it is. It is. So and what other incentives teachers, are you talking about then? Well, if you talk to teachers, it, it's school safety, um, respect. It, it's things like that, that there's not one thing that's going to, you know, speak to every teacher and, and draw every every universal teacher. But money's a good way to do it. Um, and, and if we can do something like that, we can bring more teachers in, retain more teachers, that's going to help everybody in the state. If, if you look at average teacher salaries across the state, what would the average teacher salary be? I know different different uh, areas have different salary ranges, but give me an average in the state. It's the last number I think I saw. It's, it's in the mid fifties, if I'm correct. Um, now I may be off a little bit, but I think that's what it is. And so, where would you like that to be? Uh, obviously, I'd like it to be higher. Um, this this last proposal gets us closer to the southern regional average, which is the, the, how they compare it. Um, now, that number is a little bit flat by a year or two, so it, it's not exactly an apples-to-apples apples comparison. Um, but we can get there. Let's, let's try to get there. Um, now, look, I know Red River Parish it is one of the highest in the, in the state. Uh, it's around $60,000 for a teacher in Red River Parish. Uh, a lot of that is because they have a wonderful support behind it, um, and so. Uh oh, your phone's go- your phone's goofing up again. Oh, I apologize. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Red River has some of the highest teacher average teacher uh, salaries in the state. It's because it's a lot of local support there. Mm-hmm. One one thing I'm looking at uh, in the legislative package y'all will be going over that is intriguing is a bill by Amity in the House requiring 15 minutes of recess for K through 5 statewide. People don't realize that they haven't had kids in school for a long time. There's really no more recess for a lot of our youngsters. That blew my mind when you told me that. Is that am I right about that? That that is generally something that that is left up to uh, each local district. Uh that that falls kind of in the that curriculum area where Bessie generally stays out of uh curriculum decisions. Um, so it varies by each local uh, area and each local school system. Should schools have recess? I mean, I think that was a good way for kids to kind of unwind Absolutely. and then they, they behave better in the classroom. Would you support a statewide mandate? I, I'm, look, whenever it comes to statewide mandates, I generally am, am you know, for more local control. Um, and, and But, yeah, I think our kids need to be able to be active and, and look, just for physical health. Uh, for their well-being, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I need to look at the bill a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like everything, there could be potential unintended consequences if it results in, in extending days or, or anything like that. That's something I want to be very cognizant of before we start mandating you have to do certain things because my fear is that you get down a slippery slope. If you mandate, first it starts with, with recess. Mm-hmm. Then I don't want it to become something else. I'm always very cognizant and, and 
want to make sure we don't start putting too many mandates. So I shouldn't introduce introduce a mandate to have recess here at work. <laughs> I, th- I think we ought to continue that on into adult life. I like that, yeah. You know, I, I wish we still had nap time in the day. Boy, no Mexico, kidding. They have the siesta still. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I think we need to import that. <laughs> one more thing before we let you go. Our last minute. There's a measure by uh, Jefferson in the House that calls for third-party teacher evaluations. That kind of raises my eyebrow. I'm, I haven't read the bill. But is that something that is a little concerning, or is it something we've done before? It, it's look, it's a little concerning. Um, just the way, an unfortunate consequence of the way teachers are evaluated, or the way the system is set up, is that teachers have to be evaluated. It's a constant, you know, reevaluation of is this the perfect process? No, this is the perfect process, and, and it seems to change over time. What you know, as most things. It's the new what's in vogue, and we need to make sure that we're not just switching from one thing to the next just for simply switching. We need to look and see, okay, what are the flaws in our current system? How can we improve it? If it is a third-party evaluator and, and everybody kind of agrees that this is the best system to go to, I'm for it. But before we rush in and start making decisions, let's take a step back, see if that's actually a, the problem or if it's just a symptom of a bigger problem. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. By the way, Congressman Johnson uh, graciously stopped by yesterday morning mm-hmm. in studio with us. If you missed that, uh, it was later in the morning, so uh, we'll replay that coming up next. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, Aaron and I got to tour the new Amazon facility. Oh, Lord. That was amazing. I mean, yes. I knew the place was huge. Monstrosity. Even without the robotics. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't have the robotics even in yet. Yeah. But they've got... The way they the place is set up is just genius. I know, I know. The the shoots and the yes, they kept kicking me off of them. <laughs> they Aaron, said they had a five thousand pound weight limit. I'm good. We I'm tried to ride up. the little shoots from the second floor down to yeah. the first floor, and the they wouldn't spirals. They yeah. wouldn't let us get like, on. It looked them. like slides on the playground. Yes. I'm like, let's just spray a little water up here. We're good. They wouldn't let us do that. It was fun. It was fun. The, 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 actually, the people were very gracious, even amongst some of uh, some of the people in the tour being stupid. Um, Wait a minute. I'm not talking about you either. <laughs> I feel like they're banging their head on low oh, overhead man. things. Yeah. <laughs> You did. We had hard we, we had hard hats on though. Yeah. Yeah, we did have to put on hard hats and the little those sexy vests. <laughs> those little yellow vests. Had to go up a lot of stairs. because um, we went up to the second level, which meant about, you know, up, up and then up, up two more times, I think. It was like six flights of stairs or whatever you want to call it. Six half flights. Well, I don't know. We went up to the second floor. And yeah. it's interesting because half the building is for incoming product mm-hmm. and then half the building is for outgoing. It's amazing. It is amazing. And you and, don't realize it's five stories. And and that's what he told us. We only went to the second level. Yeah. He said, but there's third, fourth, and fifth. I They're know. exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Three million square feet. Is was that, that what the it number? was? I think I was so. going to ask you last night. I was like, oh, I put wow. a, a I put a 
post up on keelnews.com that's got like, I don't know, 70 pictures of our tour. If you want to see inside everything at Amazon, Mike, you did an incredible job. Well, thank you. Those photos are amazing. And you'll get a sneak peek. Very few people get to take this tour. And Mike's pictures take you along with us on the tour. It's kind of cool. It was it was a lot of fun. And, I did ask were... the, uh, the other reporters with us. I said, okay, anybody in here got to tour GM like this before it opened? <laughs> Aaron, they weren't even born. Those reporters weren't born when it closed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're like GM. It was. We had amazing. a GM plant here. Yeah, we had a GM plant. We used to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was also huge. Yes. I think even bigger than the Amazon facility was. Might it? be, but may, but it wasn't that tall. I mean, no, so no. So maybe it was, you know it didn't have those five floors. So in terms of square footage, probably not. But yeah, monstrosity yeah. too, big time. But it was but awesome. But thank goodness, Elio. Motors came in and took it over, so it's yeah, not sitting those, out there vacant. Yeah, and those Elio cars are rolling around town all over the place. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're, we're excited about that. Nearly hit one today. <laughs> it slid across the interstate. <laughs> Congressman Mike Johnson next with Mike and McCarty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Congressman Mike Johnson. Okay, Mike, we we got to get to it. I, I know. Down I, there. I'm, <laughs> how can a local DA? How can that even happen? The fact that everybody says these are, in no pun intended, trumped up charges. There, it, it, nobody would take the case before. And and these are, you know, they're not felony charges. They're misdemeanor charges that have been now trumped up into felonies. That's scarier to me that it's gotten this far. How has it happened? It's a very dangerous thing for our system of justice. And we, we sound like a broken record explaining this. But these are there's huge implications to this because... People are losing their faith in our institutions, y'all. We, you've seen the polling. I mean, it's record low numbers of faith that people have in the basic foundations of our constitutional republic, our whole system of government. And, and a large contributing factor to that is this belief that our system of justice is no longer unbiased, that Lady Justice doesn't have the blindfold anymore on anymore. She's peeking beneath it. And Alvin Bragg is a perfect example of that. This guy ran for office. He vowed to get Trump. I mean, this was part of his platform a couple of years ago. So they, they had already identified the defendant before they had figured out a crime. So they went through combing over all this stuff to try to concoct something. The timing here is obvious and important. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing it now? Because he announced he's running again, right? Weren't all these charges brought before federal prosecutors three, four years ago? Absolutely. FEC refused to take it. Exactly. The federal DOJ, the federal prosecutors passed on it. They said it's it's uh, it's it's too weak of a case. We're not going to embarrass ourselves in doing this. But Alvin Bragg doesn't care, and he's made a vow to the people he represents in Manhattan that he's going to get Trump, and that's what you got. So this this very weak indictment that they released yesterday is a joke. It doesn't even list the underlying the main crime. You've heard some analysis of this, right? We read through it quickly. Where's the crime? Because those are misdemeanors in the state of New York. They're weak ones at that. But in order to bootstrap that, to bring it in, into this uh, felony charge, you have to link it to something else. He hasn't named what that crime is. So the allegation or the implication here is that whoever the jury is is going to get to just comb through 300,000 different federal laws and try to try to grab one. 
that they believe that Trump or they're going to claim that Trump violated it. It just it's it's a travesty of justice. Everybody knows it, and it's really really dangerous for the future. Well, it's or can can Trump get a fair trial? I, I don't can know. He get one? I, talk about a tainted jury pool. I mean, they're constantly beating well, the him judge up. and the judge himself. His daughter worked on the Biden Kamala Harris campaign, and then the Biden campaign that came out yesterday. Um, you know, I, I just. The whole thing looks like a, a kangaroo court, and that's what the Trump team is calling it. You know, he, he's not really great about um, holding his emotions in, uh, the president <laughs> himself, Trump himself. Uh, and he's already said the obvious things, that it looks like the judge is biased. It looks like the, the court is biased. Obviously, the DA is. I'm not sure what effect that has on the, the trial, but we're going to see. Well, here's what's important to me. I, I don't think this is by happenstance. I think it's all orchestrated, obviously. Yes. It's political. Of course. Obviously. But the, here's the thing. Nobody's talking about China anymore. Right. Nobody's talking about Hunter Biden and the laptop and the deals he's made with foreign governments. Exactly. The Biden family has profited billions of dollars yes. from foreign governments. Nobody's talking about inflation, the economy. Right. You know, and look for more of this going forward because now you know this thing's going to drag out for a year or two. They're talking about the first, um, the first next hearing being right before the Iowa caucuses, okay, and then the trial into early twenty twenty four, which of course is the year of the presidential election. And so, Alvin Bragg is going to. They should go ahead and put him on the payroll of the Biden campaign because he's going to be well, doing their. Who's bidding. to say he's not already? Well, maybe so, Mike. And we'll, we're going to find that out. By the way, we're going to investigate this on the federal level with our weaponization. But and they keep laws. saying nobody's above the law. You know, all the left. Look at the the liberal mean. Nobody's above. Well, Hillary Clinton destroys 33,000 emails. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever happened. She had a private server, Mike, in her home with with classified documents. Nothing ever She also paid an operative to create the the, the dirty dossier, dossier, right? Absolutely. That's on my list. There's a long list of of high-profile Democrats who have evaded. But just look at this DA. Right. He pleads down murders. He pleads down carjackings. You know these violent, heinous crimes aren't aren't prosecuted as as felony charges, and yet he takes these misdemeanor. I'm sorry. He's I'm downgraded fifty two percent. Fifty two percent of felony cases to misdemeanors in in New York. Oh God! But Trump, they're trumping up the charges, right? He's doing mm-hmm. the opposite thing. I mean, this guy's response, he's Soros funded, of course. He's one of the you know main reasons why we have violent crime surging in this country and in the largest city in America. And he's spending all his time and resources right now on this political vendetta to get Trump. Mike, Everybody sees it. Congressman Mike Johnson, I, you know, I, I have a different take on this. I think you need to stop all this nonsense you're saying, and I think you need to write a thank you note to Mr. Bragg. <laughs> I yeah. think you need to send him a thank you note because I think this is going to rocket Donald Trump back into office. I don't think there's any question. I mean, I think it makes him the nominee, the Republican nominee, the contest. None of the other uh, candidates are getting any press at all. They're they done. Won't. They they're, won't. they're toast now. Um, Ron DeSantis, my old colleague from the House, is you know he's kind of gone silent on this. They're all going to wait for the dust to settle, but the dust is not going to settle. The media won't allow that, right? Well, so so Donald Trump takes all the air out of the room. Did I hear that he's not even due back into court until December? Yeah, is, right, right. So they're dragging this out. Of course. And they want to do the trial in the beginning of 2024. It's crazy. And and what you can what is almost guaranteed to happen is anytime the White House wants one of these news stories to be buried in a, in a news cycle, 
Alvin Bragg will drop something. You mention a new witness, a new document or something, and then all the mainstream media will cover that for that 24-hour news cycle or 48 mm-hmm. hours, and they'll bury whatever bad news the White House wants to get rid of. I mean, it's it's the perfect ploy, but and they even, just set it up. Even if he's convicted, okay, let's take it out, mm-hmm. and serves no jail time, okay, mm-hmm. But then he's ineligible to run for office. No, he's not. No, it's not a felony. No, no. No, no. See, Article Two of the Constitution only has basic requirements: your age and your and your citizenship. So a felon can run for president. Yes, yes. He could run for president from the jailhouse. These aren't felonies, are they? They well, well, they're not technically felonies, but they're trying to make them felonies. Okay, but there's no. It it doesn't change anything, and um, it would be quite a spectacle, of course. But I mean, I think that's the plan. I think they want him to run for president as the Republican nominee from jail, and and see what effect that has on the electorate. There's no other way that Biden can win. Um, You know, that's their calculation. They think ultimately. I think that's the end game here. Is Gavin Newsom? Throwing his hat in the ring. I, I, he's he's just trying to get attention for himself, as he's uh, good at doing. But I don't think that he confronts or runs against Biden if Biden is indeed the nominee. But even even President Biden hasn't said he's running again definitively yet. He's kind of holding out to see what happens. Well, all he's worried about is chocolate chip ice cream. You know, right. <laughs> he doesn't know where he is half the time. It's really frightening. Uh, let me, one more thing, different topic. Uh, Mike, 315 a gallon. You passed the Scalise energy bill, yep. but they're saying it's dead on arrival in the Senate. Right. Um, what what can we do? We people can't take this anymore. It was a dollar ninety on January twentieth when when uh, Biden right. took over. That's right. We can't keep doing this. No, we can't. President Trump committed to not only energy independence but energy dominance. He used to say dominance, and we, we achieved that. <laughs> Pretty sorry, good, Mike. Sorry, Pretty I'm good. good. Um, <laughs> I, I hear still hear his voice in my head. But we we achieved that, and that was great for Louisiana, great for the country. Everybody remembers how all the great economic strides we made. Biden comes in, reflexively does the opposite, declares war on the oil and gas industry fuels. They pursue this radical environmental climate agenda like a religion, as you'll all know. And so this is the next obvious step. Now, this one of the things buried in the news cycle is what OPEC did uh, two days ago, mm-hmm. three days ago. The OPEC plus countries have cut production 1.3 million barrels a day, which is going to drive prices up through the remainder of the year. Your mm-hmm. summer travel is going to be exceedingly expensive because this president, President Biden and his administration, are doing exactly the opposite of what should be done. We have the resources here, but they will not use them. They want to get our needs and demand met from foreign countries. And it makes us unstable. It makes us unsecure. Mm. All these things are happening, and, and we can't do anything about it until we replace these these folks. You, you, <laughs> you talked about people losing faith in, in, our, in our systems. Can... Are we going to have a fair presidential election coming up? I get I mean, this question every day, that? Mike. Every day, every town hall, it's the first or second question that comes up. What about the integrity of the election system? And I'll just tell you, I, I do believe that a lot of great work was done after the last debacle in 2020. In early 2021, all the Republican-led legislatures passed you know, hundreds of bills. Over 400 pieces of legislation were introduced to clean up the systems, clean up the voter rolls, all that, make sure that the hijinks and the irregularities of the COVID election in 2020 never happen again. We have a lot of faith in that. Now, there's five or six states that we're deeply concerned about, you know, and you know of is mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania. Arizona, yes. mm-hmm. um, and, and so there's lots of eyes on that. There's a lot of oversight. There's a lot of, uh, you know, concern. But um, we, we have to rely on the integrity of the ballot. It's, it's, it's the center of who we are as a country. And if people lose faith in that, 
then, then and, and we we have, we have to stop leaning on these mail-in ballots. Yeah, oh, mail-in balloting has got to be. It's terribly uh, abused. It opens the door for all sorts of fraud and every and everybody knows that ballot harvesting, all these things. But here's the other deal: in the states where that is the law, Republican Party has to play that game. It's detestable to us. We intuitively right. we know it's wrong, yeah. mm-hmm. but we're going to have to become ballot harvesters in the states where that is. You know, in, in their and I, I, I do remember Sean Hannity saying that. Look, well, yeah. we've got to beat them at their own game. It's reality yep. as, as detestable as it, we like election days, right? We don't want election months, right? We don't want, we don't want ballots being mailed there, buddy, because of all the problems that comes along with that. And we we hate to go out and collect ballots door to door. But if the other team does it, our team has to or we're going to. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Shelley Ragel, director of SPAR, going to join us coming up after the local news. Uh City Pools getting ready to open. Mm-hmm. What's, they, what's got, going on? They have the bits and they run over them and they they're about to choose who's gonna run them. Are we gonna have the same debacle we had last year? We'll find out. I next. Hope not. Mike and McCarty, one oh one seven FM seven. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Spar Director Shelley Ragel. Good morning. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning, Shelley. Glad we, to be here. We're glad you're here. We originally heard there were three proposals to maintain uh, the Shreveport City Pools. We th- I think there are two proposals now. Uh, who are they? Well, we did have three proposals, and once they went through the purchasing overview and then were submitted to the department, there were only two. Um, We reviewed those yesterday, and um, the committee overwhelmingly selected Rock Solid. Okay, that's Shelly McMillan's group? Yes. Was Mm -hmm. the other company local? Can you tell us who that was? Um, I did speak with purchasing. We can't. We're not yet allowed to talk about because it's just happened. We have to send letters out and do a lot of other things before we can talk about the other company. But I think the most important part is that, you know, we selected someone who has years and years of experience. We had a great summer season last year. They're prepared um, for this year's season. And that's what, you know, that's what we were looking for when we reviewed these proposals. Did the other one score close to what Rock Solid did or not even close? Like I said, the committee overwhelmingly chose Rock Solid. Okay, and was the other proposal an out-of-state company? Um, I don't... I'm trying to remember where their company was domiciled, and I don't remember that. Okay. Because the person so, was actually a local person, so... Okay. You know. So it wasn't the Atlanta company from last year, then? No, sir. No. Is the price tag still 175 to run the pools? Do I have that number right in my head? It's 125. 125. Yes. And, and Rock yes. Solid will operate. How many pools will be opening? We will open four pools this year. Bill Cockrell will not be open. Okay. And it, is that price tag down because it would have been higher if, if the fifth pool had opened? No, 125 is if you open all five. It's actually based per pool. So 
So it actually will be a little bit less because we won't be opening that pool. Mm-hmm. Rock solid, how soon will they start? Or do the pools need any work to get them open? Well, our guys have already, you know, the city is still responsible for the maintenance and startup of all the pools. And they've, they've been working on them actually since last year. We haven't really, you know, pools or something takes a lot of manpower and a lot of maintenance. And as I told y'all, you know, Southern Hills is our newest pool, which was built in the 70s. So you can imagine how hard that job is to get them ready. But we've been working on them and all of them need something every year. And so um, they're working to get those ready so we have them open for by May. We're talking with Shelly Regal, director of SPAR. So you'd say 1st of May we're expecting or middle? Or Memorial Day. We hope Memorial Day weekend is our goal this year. Okay. And that's earlier than we opened them last year. Now, we know we had a little bit of a uh, hiccup last year. I'll just leave it at that. And so they didn't open until June. How long will you keep them open? What's the plan? All summer, we hope? We will, Yes, all summer we will open um Actually, Memorial Day, that'll be the first time we've opened, and we normally wait till that first weekend in June. We've done that for probably 20 years now, but after last summer, we were saying it'd really be nice to be up on Memorial Day weekend, and then the open through Labor Day will probably only, last year we left Burbies and Southern Hills open, because that's where people were still going, and we hope to do that again this year. We also lose a lot of our lifeguards back to college so we have to be sure we're able to have enough staff to open through labor day shelly what kind of hours i know we talked about this before that you would like to have longer hours uh, for the pools for the kids to enjoy but it's a balancing act because in the mornings you use it for water aerobics and swim lessons and all that what's the goal now for how many hours each day the pools will be open i think yesterday and and um each of the proposed people who were proposing to manage and operate the pool came in and actually gave a proposal and Shelly still thinks it's really important to have that morning hours for we teach a lot of students in our rec programs I don't want to say how to swim but how to be around water how what to do if they were to fall in the water you know those kinds of activities the water aerobics and some other things that she um was talking about yesterday you would use those morning hours we also that's when you might have daycare centers from around the city come. You might have other camps who don't have pool programs. So we're still using them and for recreational use, but then at 1 o'clock is when we start public swims. So you're, they're being used, you know, robustly in the morning, but mm-hmm. just public. And, th- and those hours, those public swim hours are really based on we used to be open longer, and they would just be sitting there, you know, waiting for people to come. And we just found that it, people just didn't come out till the afternoons when it warmed up. Okay. And parents are off work maybe early, but they're not that, you know, it mm-hmm. just works. That's, that's why those public hours are what they are. Shelly, we, we talked a, a few months ago about the water features down on the riverfront, the the splash yeah. Uh, what, what is that uh-huh. called? The mm-hmm. splash pads. The yeah. splash pads, uh, and and you, I think you said there was there was new technology that we were going to be able to repair those motors that run that those pumps. Uh, is there any progress on that? It is out to bid. I think the bids are due within the next couple of weeks. So we hope those come in where we when we met with the company they gave us an estimate and 
So we hope they come in at that estimated amount and um, we can get busy repairing those. And what's your goal with Bill Cockrell? West Reefport wants that pool back open. Are you hopeful for next year possibly, or is it way too expensive? You need you need to find some more money somewhere else. I think I told you the last time we spoke, we brought in what they call an aquatic engineer. He actually went around and looked at all of our pools, and it was a sad report that we received. But basically, Bill Cockrell um, is a, just to repair it, is three hundred and twenty thousand dollars? Wow! Yeah, mm. and he we talked to him because we were saying, "How can we, you know, put all this? How can we find a little money here, a little money there?" And he said to us, "I can't believe y'all would do that. But really, good money after a really bad pool, you know. Mm. Um, to replace pools like Bill Cockrell, um, about eight hundred thousand dollars. So." Wow. I I honestly believe at some point all of our pools are about in the same shape. You know, Bill Cockrell just happened to be the one that, you know, went out first. Mm-hmm. But at some point, that's going to have to be discussed as a major capital project for every pool. New pools, yeah. I mean, it's time yeah. probably, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, and I really appreciate the purple and gold on the Bukowski Bridge. Thank you. Thank you for changing it from blue to purple and gold this week. It really looks great. Yes, well, blue, I just want to say that was for autism awareness, and we changed it to the purple and gold, and we'll go back to blue again another day this month just to continue to raise awareness about autism. Shelly Regal, director of SPAR, thanks for your time this morning. Happy Easter to you. Thanks, Shelly. Happy Easter to you, too. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. 101.7 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. I saw the some pictures mm-hmm. of uh the LSU women. They had a parade in Baton Rouge. Oh yeah. And they were all on these convertibles. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing. Uh one of the pictures was um uh Angel Reese. Mm-hmm. And in the picture she's doing <laughs> she's doing the she's got her hand up like this oh, that's in great. front of her face. That's I great. just started laughing. I said, you know what? Good for you, own it. I know. And you know what I'm because thrilled when about? I found out the story about it. Right. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I that's there I'm good with it. <laughs> I'm and I'm good with it. You yes. know what happened in Connecticut after the men's team won the the championship? They trashed stuff. Uh, there oh. was vandalism. There was craziness in the street. In Baton Rouge, I'm proud of... There was none of that nonsense. Yeah. They had a beautiful it's parade. Yeah, they had a beautiful parade. They wrap it up in the PMAC where these ladies played all year. I mean, I just smiled ear to ear when I heard a, a ESPN reporter going, yeah, they trashed Connecticut after they won in, in, in Baton Rouge. I mean, what's the point they had of a that? great parade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why are on. you doing, why are you burning stuff and, and acting stupid? Cheer your team on, wave at them, make posters, you know, do fun stuff. And I, so I was really proud of the ladies and, and the entire Louisiana community that turned out for that. Just awesome. Just awesome. Yeah. I just thought that was funny when I saw that picture. Mm-hmm. She had in the parades. So I just laughed. Yes. Hey, we got to tour the Amazon facility yesterday, oh, Aaron. Oh, gosh. 
That was so much fun. That was really cool. We, mm-hmm. I think we got to go before the like local yeah. dignitaries. The Mukti Mucks are going today. Yeah. And I told them, I said, why didn't you let the Mukti Mucks go first so we could have their spread when they were done? That they didn't, because <laughs> we didn't have a spread. You know, they didn't put out no food or none of that for us media flunkies but i'm sure they'll have a nice little spread for the you know the mayor the and all, yeah, and all and yeah, that. yeah but yeah. but it'll be cool they'll all get to tour it they'll put their hard hats on and get to see what we saw if you haven't seen it mike your pictures at keelnews.com are incredible i did take a lot of pictures and he takes you fascinating yeah. and he takes you through a journey from the entrance sign to the outdoors of the facility to the inside it was really cool how you did it so you can kind of go on the tour with us it was really cool. We, there were some Amazon officials, Steve Kelly and mm-hmm. uh, um, um, Davina Mims, mm-hmm. who were, I think, Davina's from Nashville. Yes. Uh, and the other girl, I, I just went blank. She's also from Nashville. I don't yeah. remember her name. They were so nice. They really were. Uh, but actually, who led the facility, the tour was uh, some of the construction company mm-hmm. and explained a lot of what some of the things were. Uh, the robotics weren't even in yet. No. And it was still incredible looking. But the conveyor belts, imagine a conveyor belt going five football fields long. Yeah. You know, to bring stuff from one. And our plant, this is key to note, the Shreveport plant will be 25 pounds and under items. The, uh, yeah, all mm-hmm. the product is 20, smaller items, 25 pounds and under. The, the plant in the Lafayette area is for 25 pounds and over. And I asked, is this going to be a place where, you know, once I order stuff, then it gets sent here? And they said, no, no, no. This plant is going to be fully stocked with all the stuff that people order the most. Right. And as you order it, it'll come from one side of the plant where we have it all stocked. And then it'll move to the other side of the plant where it goes out to your house. And Davina showed me one section that's, she said that this is proprietary technology mm-hmm. from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it's these bins... And they have lighting system, Aaron, and 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 then the the uh, conveyor system, all lights. Now they they weren't lit up yet because it's mm-hmm. not operational, obviously. Right. But she said the person, it, it's going to be so simple. The light yeah. will light up, and then they'll know what to wow. go. It's I can't wait to see it in operation. It really is amazing. Go check out the pics right now at keelnews.com. Coming up uh, at 7.40 from HOMA, the state rep, Beryl Amity, going to join us, talking about recess in uh, K-5 through schools. Should it be required? We'll find out. Next, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Starting things off looking pretty clear for your early morning drive to work, but look out later on this morning for some traffic delays on I-49 northbound near Kings Highway. Look out in these wet road conditions. That's your traffic. I'm Ruben Wright. On top of the two to three inches of rain we've already seen across the area, an additional one to two inches of rain is possible today. We're under a flood watch until 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Rain in the forecast at 56. Rain tonight, 48. Showers likely tomorrow, 54. Still the risk of showers Saturday, 68. Richard Duetic of the Weather Channel. The power of information. Keel News Now. I'm Aaron McCarty with your Keel News. A stormy morning across the region. Beware of flooded roads in some areas. We've gotten more than three inches of rain in some parts of Shreveport-Bossier with more on the way throughout the morning. 
Progress moves forward at the Amazon plant in North Shreveport. The opening is now set for mid-2024, with hiring to begin about 30 days before opening. Spokesperson Davina Mims on what might disqualify you from getting hired at Amazon. It's important to note there are always going to be certain things and maybe someone's background to consider. Um, and so those regular rules will still apply. Um, but we do have um, opportunities for, um, you know, um, folks who are revisiting the workforce from a lot of different backgrounds. And um, we will do our best to make sure we find a place for everyone. The plant is bringing 1,000 jobs to the local community with pay ranging from 16 to $26 an hour. Big news for Southeast Shreveport. The new Brookshire's at Norris Ferry and Southern Loop is now open. The store has about 200 employees. It includes a pizza hut, a coffee shop, a drive through pharmacy, a fueling station, and much more. Grand opening events are happening today. A bigger company getting into the gaming picture locally. The old Diamond Jacks Casino property will be getting a facelift, but the complex will have another new owner. Foundation Gaming out of Mississippi has agreed to sell the property to Cordish from Baltimore. Gaming control board leaders say they're very optimistic. Cordish has big plans for that casino complex in Bossier City. The goal is to get it open no later than mid-2025. Another tool to fight crime. Shreveport police working to get more cameras installed all around the city. And the police department is now managing the real-time crime center. Many cameras had to be replaced to meet federal standards. There are now at least 700 camera feeds linked to the real-time crime center as another tool to fight violent crime in our community. LSU celebrated its first national championship in basketball with a big parade. Coach Kim Mulkey and other dignitaries spoke to the crowd. The seniors also had a chance to speak, including Alexis Morris. This is it for me. So I just want you all to know I love you all with all my heart, and I appreciate you all for... Welcoming me with open arms. Thank you, coach. Thank you, my teammates. Thank you, everyone. I love y'all so much. Mulkey took the job at LSU two years ago. She says the goal was to win a national title, but couldn't believe it would happen in just two years. For his final year in office, Governor Edwards has proposed a $2,000 annual teacher pay raise. And if the revenue estimating conference recognizes more money, he wants to push that to $3,000. Last year, Edwards pushed for $2,000 and the lawmakers agreed to $1,500. Barry Irwin with the Council for Better Louisiana says once again lawmakers are concerned that once a sales tax is repealed, the raises won't be sustainable. But another issue that's kind of new that, that's popped up a little bit is a desire among some legislators to say, well, well, we'll give part of a pay raise, but we think local governments and local school boards need to do their part, too. Another problem, Irwin says, is that schools around the state and the nation continue to be plagued with staffing shortages. I'm Erin McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike M McCarty Beryl Amity coming up uh, just after the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had you had an interesting about, about recess in schools. I was blown away to find out some schools don't have recess for little children. Yeah, for the elementary kids, you got to get them out and burn off some of that energy. How mm-hmm. can you expect a kid that was like me to sit still in a classroom? 
you know, (laughs) without burning off some energy. She's got a bill to require recess in elementary schools, and we're going to talk with her next. That's like what? That's like uh, uh, um, um, yeah, Kennedy's legislation to say how socialism is bad. (laughs) Really, we have to teach children communism is bad. Yeah. Anyway, kind of crazy. We'll find out more next. One hundred one seven FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline uh, from uh, Homa, Louisiana. State Representative Beryl Amady. Good morning, madam. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yes, sir. My pleasure. You've got a bill proposed before the lawmakers this uh, this year. This spring session begins next week, mandating recess for elementary school. You've tried this before. Are you hopeful that the third time will be the charm? I sure am. I think we found the magic bullet this time. At least I hope we have. Which is what? And uh, that is to allow for some recess minutes to be counted in the allotment of required instructional minutes in the ah, school day. There ah. you go. So how do you clarify? How do you how do you wiggle <laughs> that one in? That that running around on the playground is instructional time. Well, when we look at the benefits of uh, allowing children to have some free play time, it becomes obvious that doing so actually increases the quality of the instructional time. Absolutely. Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. So they do better on their work after the recess because they've had a chance to burn some steam off. Well, it's it's, it's like a mental reset too, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? It really is. Uh, When we think of our computers with defragging and such, our brains need a little downtime in order to process everything that we've been trying to cram into them. And so when the children get to have some free time where they're not expected to be doing structured work and, and uh, focusing so hard on learning something new, their brains process what they've already learned. And then when they come back in and sit down, they're now ready to absorb the next thing. Teachers who are teaching in schools that do have recess still say that their uh, instructional time increases because when the children come in they're ready they're just ready to learn they say they're, they're more focused they're on point they're ready to take in the material they even do better on tests and they're less fidgety they're less distracted and they're more engaged and they even make more eye contact i checked with the folks here in caddo and Bozier, and they say that we still have recess here for elementary grades what does it look like across the rest of the state how many of our parishes uh don't even have recess available at elementary i, I guess you've done the studies i've looked at the research um there's a, a report that's put out every year by the department of education it's called the status of health and physical education in louisiana's public schools and as far as I can tell, that report was interrupted through the whole pandemic shutdown. And um, I'm waiting to, to receive any more recent reports. But the, the most recent report I have in my files is from 2018. And it showed that 56% of schools that responded to their survey had 15 minutes of recess or more. And 11% had no recess at all. Mm. What's the concern from teachers groups, teacher unions specifically, about staffing the recess? Is there an issue with that? 
I haven't heard specific concerns about staffing the recess. They already have uh, plans in the schools for which teachers are on duty, say, during lunch break, um, which doesn't necessarily include free play in some schools, by the way. Um, the the um, concerns that were um, spoken most at the Capitol when I brought this bill the previous two times were simply about the, the fact that they would have to, or it was a fact to them, that they would have to increase the school day in order to add more recess minutes. But I let them know that according to the surveys and the studies that I had done, that's not true. Because I found that there were elementary schools in the same school district that started at the same time in the morning and ended at the same time in the afternoon. And some of the schools had recess and some didn't. Mm-hmm. For your message to the Caddo and Bozier education leaders, if they say they didn't give me their specific times of their recess, they said it varies by school. But if they only have a 10-minute recess um, right now and your bill passes, they would have to extend that to 15. Why 15? Was that something you found that that was a length of time that worked? Um, My preference would have been a minimum of 30. And the previous two bills that I brought had 30 minutes of recess. I believe that when we start with 15 and we add the ability of the school to count it towards instructional minutes, since there are a large number of schools who are already doing it, the change will only help to bring this, bring the minutes up at the schools that do not have recess or do not even have 15 minutes worth. Is that 30 so, minutes um, in one block or is that spread over like a couple of two 15s? Um, I in the bills that I brought previously, I didn't specify whether it had to be one long recess or, or two separate recesses of 15. And in this bill, it it says shall provide at least 15 minutes of recess. It, it also doesn't specify whether that's broken up. But I mean, 15 minutes is kind of hard to divide. You wouldn't want to have three five minute recesses. That would not be practical. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. Yes. And your bill so, is going to be heard early in the session. Is that your hope? That is my hope. I would like to move it early enough to, so that it can make it through the House and the Senate and not be involved in the the last-minute traffic jam of bills that we always seem to experience in the last days of session. Beryl Amity, thank you for uh, clearing that up for us. We appreciate your time this morning. Happy Easter to you. Well, thank you. Same to you. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 7. Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I saw uh, Crystal, one of our our compadres mm-hmm. here in the building, uh, another radio station. Yeah, uh, posted a story about La Madeline's closing. That's sad. It it okay. It it is sad. Mm-hmm. Did you eat there very often? Never. Okay. But I have in Dallas before. We've we've been it's a few expensive. times. It's we've been expensive. a few yeah. times. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just not my cup of tea. And I'm not a big uh, pastry. If I'm going to go pastry, I'm going to go to Louders or some, you know, Julianne's or something well, like yeah. that. I, I, I hate get to say it was that pastries. It was yeah. Maybe sandwiches, I'm breads, and all that. If, yeah. if I'm going to get the breads yeah, and all, it's a bakery. I'm going to go to a local local bakery. Or um, I just the the time the one or two times I've been there at other cities. I wasn't impressed, and I thought the prices were too high. So I never went, and I hate that. 
Um, but that's a primo location. I mean, to be right well, there. Well, you would think so. In front of Whole Foods and all those restaurants that are out there. Yeah. You know, you'd think somebody's going to come in. It's right and there pick on Fern at 70th. Mm-hmm. Across yeah. from Sports Spectrum and Frank's Pizza, mm-hmm. that area right there. Lots of great spots over there. So we'll see if another restaurant jumps in and takes it over. Okay, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to trash anybody. It's not what I. Did you used to go to Grub Burger? Did you ever go to Grub? Been to Grub Burger a few times, yeah. And you know, what it's is it changed. now? It's changed. What's it's the new name? Hop Dotty. Hop Dotty. Haven't been since it changed to Hop Dotty. Not a fan? Didn't care for it. Huh. I liked Grub Burger a, a lot. I, the The last time I went there, it was slow, slow, slow service. So I was disappointed. Um, also, the what's the breakfast one at the corner? The, the fire station one. I forget First watch. First watch, yeah. Slow, slow, slow service. I was yeah. really disappointed the last time I was in there. Um, and I hadn't been back. I mean, I, you, you know, that's the way we are. If you get bad service somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you know yeah. what? I can just yeah. go to one of my regulars and I know they're going to take care of me. And, you know, I'm hoping they've changed it, but I'm not sure. Southeast Report really excited today because the new Brookshire's is open. Had their soft opening yesterday. And the big grand opening is at 9 this morning. And where is that? It is at Norris Ferry and Southern Loop. Okay, that's where I'm not allowed. This is the the Bugatti Brookshire's. Yes, okay. And it is, I mean, they have a drive through pharmacy. They've got a full floral shop. They have a pizza hut inside the Brookshire's. A CC's coffee, all kinds of stuff. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah, big sushi station. If you love sushi, which I'm not allowed there. That was, I don't like what? but... <laughs> I thought you had a little stroke for a second there. Kind of scared me. Not a fan of sushi. Really? Yeah. Well, so what do you get? I mean. No no sushi. It's not like they lay out a piece of raw cold fish on your plate. It's uh, actually, I didn't think I would ever like it. And I, I, like, yeah. I like it. No. Yeah. No. No, try it. Uh, it needs to be I'm dead. I'm bringing some in tomorrow. I'll stop be, at the gas station it needs and to be pick dead, some up. Dead and cooked. And bring it in. <laughs> Coming up just after the local news, uh, Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman Ronnie John's going to give us an update on the Diamond Jack sale. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Ruben working the phone. We've got uh, the Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman Ronnie John scheduled this morning. Uh, apparently, a press release yesterday. We spoke with him yesterday mm-hmm. and talking about the Diamond Jacks Casino was purchased by um, I almost at Rev Entertainment. It's um, the uh, Foundation Gaming out of Mississippi. No, no. And then Cordish. Foundation Gaming out of Mississippi. (laughs) went blank. My gosh. My mind is a terrible thing to waste. And they're selling it to Cordish. Right. Which is out of Baltimore. Because Foundation is kind of a smaller company. They've got a few properties in Mississippi, but they're um, uh, well-respected. Nice mm-hmm. properties. They, yes. they do a good job. They had uh, really nice plans for the Bossier City facility where they're actually doubling 
the gaming space at the at the Diamond Jacks location mm-hmm. uh, of any other property in Shreveport, Bossier. Yeah, the other properties have like 15,000 square feet of gaming space, and this property is expected to have some 30,000. It would be a land-based casino. Um, They're redoing the hotel completely. Completely, just Gutting yeah. it, basically. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep the structure, and that's where the new hotel will be, mm-hmm. but the rooms are going to be bigger. There'll be fewer rooms because obviously the rooms are going to be bigger. Um, and the entertainment complex, they were going to have several like um, high dollar restaurants. I say high dollar, you know, fancy restaurants. Going to have an entertainment venue there as well. And, of course, a new casino. The boat would go away. You know what? And I, I think Ronnie, um, because we didn't get him on the payroll in time, I, I, I think maybe he is uh, – Having is is did a walkout? I'm not sure. Try him one more well, time. We got him on the payroll one but, more time, but we couldn't yeah. get benefits. He wanted benefits. He wanted benefits. He wanted yeah. dental and um and I I care, and I don't think we were able to get get that for him. But he he told us yesterday he would join us at the same time today. And well, so he said there, that there there were more details that he couldn't quite share because they were releasing a press mm-hmm. release yesterday. Uh, but uh, now, uh, Cordish companies uh, are a much larger company than Foundation Gaming, mm-hmm. and they've actually they actually operate uh, f- facilities in Houston, St. Louis, Atlanta, Philadelphia. So they're much 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 bigger. Mm-hmm. So this actually could be a good thing. The, yeah. the sale has been approved right. by the gaming board. Um, but, uh, but Ronnie Johns told us yesterday it still might not go through. You know, there's, there still could be something happen. They still have to v- take a final vote later this month. And then, and they also have to go through the state police, you know, the, the all that background stuff that they have to do. Right. So that's a little bit of a process and it may delay things. But the goal is to get it open, I believe, mid 2025, the new casino. And, you know, we, we, we can't connect with him at the moment, but we have the mayor of Bozier coming in mm-hmm. and he will join us at 840 and we'll talk about it with him. He knows the plans. He knows what's going on. So we'll discuss it in more detail with Mayor Tommy Chandler coming up. Mikey McCarty, 101. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Earlier this week, we were talking about uh, the fact that Jill Biden flapping her yap about inviting Iowa to the White House, along with national champions, LSU Lady Tigers. Holy cow! Have you ever heard of of the White House ever inviting the loser of any championship competition, N- no. football, national football, no. the NFL? Mm-mm. Oh, let's invite the uh, the you know the team that lost the game. Yeah, let's honor them. No, we, we don't honor the losers. Sorry. Well, we we found out. If, first of all, the White House made. I don't believe for a moment Joe made any call. <laughs> but somebody up there that's actually running it said no, mm-hmm. we're not doing that. No, we're just inviting LSU. It was a slap in the face. Yes, exactly. You're the sharing Tigers. the time with the loser. You beat them. You should get the whole spotlight. Well, absolutely. Oh, and and Angel Reese, the LSU star forward, she called the first lady's invitation for Iowa a joke. 
And now there's a new report out in the New York Post. Here's the headline. You ready? <laughs> Angel Reese, LSU wouldn't let Jill Biden into its locker room before the championship game. They said, no, thank you. Jill wanted to come in and do a little pep talk. And the LSU folks said, no, um, <laughs> Reese. We, we said we didn't want to. We didn't want her coming at the end of the locker room. Yes. They, you know, she jokingly said it may have to do, may have something to do with uh, President Biden's pre-tournament bracket, which uh, put LSU losing to Michigan and not even getting out of Baton Rouge. So they were like, no, he didn't, he didn't like us. He didn't pick us to go this far. We don't want his wife coming in here and giving us a pep talk. They don't believe in us. Well, so only, she wasn't allowed in. He only made marks on the paper because he thought it was an ice cream menu. <laughs> he thought those were all ice cream flavors. That's how you get an extra scoop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He, so, he didn't realize it was a basketball bracket. Mm -hmm. He was looking for the chocolate chip ice cream. I just find it funny that, the you know, they're they're up in arms about, uh, you know, LSU and, and the Biden invite to, to Iowa. No, and LSU will go to the White House. I don't see the date yet for that, for when they're going to be going to the White House. But they will. They'll take pictures. And when I heard Mike Johnson tell me yesterday, this is just, to me, this is a sign of how bad this politics has gotten. Our congressman from Louisiana hasn't gotten an invite to the White House for anything. Period. And I said, since, I asked. Since yes, Biden. I asked, I said, will you be getting an invite, you know, when the LSU team is honored? And he said, ugh, ugh. He kind of, I, I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. He said he lived there during the Trump campaign. Yes. Uh, during the Trump presidency. And if you don't invite every member of the congressional delegation from the state where the winner is from, shame on you. Come on. That is so petty but, but and you stupid. Really? Are you surprised? Uh. Today in 2023? So you'll have one congressman there? Because the rest of our delegation are Republicans. We we did get a message yesterday on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, which you can access through the free Keel app, that said well, the only Republican will be Cassidy. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh. He'll oh. be invited. I'm sure he'll fly the governor in with the team, you know, and, and all that. Mulkey will be there, and they'll, they'll have the athletic director in. I mean, you know, it's going to be a nice little trip for the ladies and the team, and you know, all the people that work, because, you know, when you think about it, I don't know how much work you've done around a sporting event, but I actually was involved with Tiger Vision in its infancy years and years and years ago when Dale Brown was the coach. And there are there are so many people behind the scenes that work with a team like this from a big school like mm -hmm. LSU. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people that are trainers and health people and, you know, fitness and tutors and all that sort of stuff. So many people work with the team. And, you know, they all need to be honored as well because they play a role in the success, you know, of everything sure. this team does. Sure. So I'm hoping they get to honor them all and have some sort of celebration for all of them because it, it's a it's a big big shindig it's big to win a national title i mean we didn't win it with Shaq and chris what was his name we had chris who went on to the nba god i lost his name somebody texted to me oh, good. i'm not the only one that this happened chris to jackson me. and Shaq at the same time we had two of the big stars in the nba at the same time and didn't win a title 
and Dale Brown, who I consider one of the greatest men's coaches of all time, um, didn't win. Yeah. Well, everybody thought we would. We have, you know, we have these powerhouses. And Kim Didn't Mulkey happen. comes in in her second year. Yeah. And takes them to the national championship. That's pretty incredible. It takes pretty nine cool. transfers and yeah. freshmen. That's, yeah. That's, and most that's of them are back. Amazing. Most of them are back next year. I think we lose about three. We lose, I think, one from the starting lineup. The rest are going to be back. So I'm excited about that. But I saw that headline in the New York Post and I thought, that's funny. Angel Reese, Jill Biden was not allowed <laughs> no. in the locker room before the championship game. The first lady. They said no. You know, and that and the coach, I've told you Robert's story about Mulkey, right? I don't know if you, if I've, if you haven't heard this, I'll tell it real quick. Um, he was filling in as the PA announcer for a Lady Texters game. Oh, yes, you did. When yes. Mulkey was an assistant coach to, to Barmore. <laughs> And Mulkey is sitting at the end of the bench during pregame warm-ups. And Robert needed to know how to pronounce some of the names of the girls on the team. And walks down to the end of the bench to Mulkey and inquires about, can you help me with the pronunciation of some of these names? And Mulkey just turns and glares at him, and, and and I don't remember exactly if she said anything, but looked at him like, are you an idiot or what? And something to the effect of, my team's warming up. You need to carry your tush or something like that. Well, see, that's I I disagree with that, though. As a as a former PA announcer mm-hmm. myself, yeah. baseball and football, you get some funky names. Oh, you absolutely do. And and swim meets, the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've PA announced all of this. And and I've gone down on the field during the Independence Bowl mm-hmm. and and a, and gotten with a coach and go, hey, I need help. Most of them are like, absolutely, because we want our players' names to be pronounced correctly. Oh, not Kim Mulkey. It's like go to an aide, go to a trainer, go to you know, go to somebody else. She she's like, don't how, how dare you interrupt me? My team is warming up. That's why she's Kim Mulkey. That's why she, two years in, wins a national championship. You think she has her way about her. Well, you think she's focused a little bit? Oh, just a smidge. And when the first lady said, I'm coming in the locker room, I promise you it was Kim Mulkey who Before said. Before the game. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure it was Kim Mulkey that said, hell to the no, that's not happening. I got my pregame plan. I know what I'm doing. Right. Get the hell out of here, Jill. We got yeah. We got oh, stuff to do. Yeah, and ain't and it ain't involving you. Thanks a lot. I got my own pep talk going. Bozier Mayor Tommy Chandler on his way into the studio. He'll talk to us about the uh, the Diamond Jacks Casino sale and what the latest information is on that. Mike and McCarty, one one seven. FM, 710 Keel. Coming up next, we will talk with Mayor Tommy Chandler of Bossier City about the big Diamond Jacks plan. That's coming up next here on Keel. We'll talk. 
1017 FM 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Bozier City Mayor Tommy Chandler. Uh, Tommy, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for braving this weather to come out and see us. Oh, and yes, bear sir. gifts, by the way. Yeah, brought, oh, yeah. brought biscuits again. Yeah, you're awesome. Water Dude. burger. Water yeah. burger biscuits. <laughs> yeah, delicious. Very delicious. <laughs> okay, Tommy, the, uh, the Diamond Jack's plan has gone now from Foundation Gaming to Cordish. Uh, was Foundation just getting that license so they could flip it? I mean, that's what everybody's suspicious of. They bought it and from the Diamond Jacks people, and, and they're just flipping it now to make a buck. Are they going to make a profit on this deal? I suppose so. I mean, you, you sell something for a profit for everything. But uh, we've been talking to Don Mitchell and that group of people at Foundation Gaming over the past year or so. They've been – now, I heard you say yesterday that you hadn't seen no work out there. They have over 65 people out there every day. And really? if you go inside, see, they're gutting out the interior. Okay. And they, they're they almost already halfway through, and they've only been in over a month or so. Well, because they said the first thing that would happen would be the boat would go away, and the boat's still there. And I'm like, uh Yeah. Well, I mean, the boat's not really in the way. They just need to get in with the okay. hotel and start gutting it out and getting it moving. And uh, they have – I saw – I mean – I hadn't had a chance to go in, but my inspectors and permit people have looked, took in, taken pictures, and they have done a lot of work in there. Mm-hmm. So, Ronnie Johns talked to us yesterday, and he said, although this sale has been approved by the Gaming Commission, uh, he said it still might not go through. Do you foresee any issues, or do you see uh, everything hopefully moving smoothly forward? Um, when I've talked to Ronnie Johns, he's he's been very excited, you know. And, you know, because he knew I'd be excited about it. I don't see any kind of, you know, problem going in between this sale. Because we, we met with the, all the foundation and Cordish last week, sat down with, I don't know, 20 people with it, you know, even, even the builder and stuff. And all of them are excited. They showed us plans. They showed us, you know, their enthusiasm. I mean, it's, if you've been to uh, Texas Life over in Arlington, Texas Live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is the people that they're bringing this to. And, and it, it, just think of that being right there. Wow. It's an easy on, easy off, uh, I-20 exit entrance. Mm-hmm. That's going to oh, be, yeah. that's going to bring a lot that's a of people primo here. location. Oh, man. It's got its, its own exit ramp for crying what's out the, loud. What's the difference between what Foundation was planning and what Cordish is planning? Can you pinpoint anything? Basically, they're using the same kind of, pl- off the same plans. And, uh, there was some extra stuff that they're going to put on there, which we can't really talk about now, but that, that it's not really that much difference. I mean, it's not going to be really hit. They're still working out there today. Still going to be a 30,000 square foot gambling facility, which is double what any of the others in town have? I can't really quote on that. It might be even bigger. I don't know. Cause wow. I mean, I mean, there's a lot, they're going to bring a lot more entertainment in here, a lot more music. Because that's what they do. Is this changed the time schedule at all? I mean, I can't imagine it not being delayed at some point because they've got to go through the approval process. Well, that I mean, well, if the approval does not, which is going to, it is going to happen. If it doesn't happen, foundation is still going at it, so they're still working today. I mean, they haven't stopped, so there's not going to be any hesitant. I mean, just on the paperwork or something like mm-hmm. that, but on the work, it shouldn't affect any of it. And, and he, Ronnie Johns did mention yesterday, if the f- sale does fall through for some reason, some unforeseen reason, uh, Foundation is still planning on going ahead and opening. Oh, yes, sir. And, and running, operating the, ca- the casino. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, and I don't think they'll have to do that because I know, uh, Corsi is going to do it. I mean, they're, 
their guys come down there and they fly away down from Maryland to come talk to us. They're they're serious. The the proposal from foundation, I believe, was two hundred million. Yes, ma'am. What does it look like? Cordis is investing. Is it going to go up? Yes, ma'am. They uh, at the meeting the other day, they told me right at two hundred two hundred seventy five million right now, but they think it's even going to be more. So you're looking at. I mean, they're dropping some change in here, so they're expecting to make wow. it a good thing. What's going to be the big difference if they're spending another $75 million more? They're adding, they're adding something special that it's a secret, isn't it? Well, I wish I could tell you, but I think you'd tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> of course I would. Okay, what, about, well, what about jobs? What, what's the plan oh, jobs, for jobs? They're saying like something like 600 or so, and then millions of people coming in from out of town. And and, he, and you're looking at, uh, with all, like the air show this past week, a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. They had to close the gates. There were so many people going mm-hmm. into the bar show. They had to close the gates. Just think, all those people could go to all our East Bank and all our riverfront stuff and North, South Bossier and all over Bossier City. That's a lot of people. And when they, these baseball fields opened up, which has started last past week, we got a lot of people coming to Bossier City. Mm-hmm. Now, Cordish, inter, uh, Cordish Companies Gaming? Corporate, Cordish Companies, yes. Cordish Companies. Um, in in the article that I read, they're affiliated with Rev Entertainment, or they work with Rev Entertainment in a, a lot of their markets. Uh, I'm not, was I'm there not, any discussion about that for the local market here? No, sir. I mean, they haven't discussed that with us. I mean, I don't know. I, I just know they got something over in Arlington close to them. I don't know if they they work together. I know they work together because they got mm-hmm. businesses together, but I don't know if they're all... But this could be really big for our, really, really mm-hmm. good for our area. Oh, and there's other things coming to Bozier. I wish I could tell y'all, but I mean, you have to I'm, ex- I'm excited. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I love hearing y'all on the radio in the morning. Uh, but what, does this push back though the reopening of this casino? Are we still looking at mid 2025? Yes, ma'am. They still. I mean, that, that's what they're. That's the date they got on that. So I mean, I, I say they're still working on it today. And unless there's something major happens or something, I don't see why it should slow them down. When's the riverboat going to be shipping out, and how are they doing that? I mean, that's going to be a, a project. I guess they're, I mean, I don't know how going up under those bridges is what I'm concerned about. I guess they might have to do some work on it to get. Chop with, it up? Well, they used to have to take the stacks off when they mm-hmm. brought them. I remember bringing them into town. Right, right. I, I believe I believe they said that they have sold it to some people that's going to have it like a barge in South Louisiana. They I have sold it, okay. Yeah, well, it's not, it's what they, tentatively, they, okay. They've already gotten rid of it, but it just hasn't okay. moved yet. So it'll be moving at some point. Right. Okay, so a lot of things happening in Bossier. We know the golf complex. Oh, is, that's, is that, that, that's going to be awesome there, too. And that's a done deal? That is, that is a done deal. This ground. past Tuesday, the the uh, council approved it, and it's a done deal. Uh, John Dudley is going to be really hitting it right now. They, they've already getting, they already got their builder already, and they're already getting prices for the... Okay. Uh, the, we, last, last, Ruben, turn off our mics. And it's just okay. It's just us. <laughs> All now. right, they're off. So nobody's else, listening. Uh, yet. What else is going on in Bossier? <laughs> Tell us, because uh, I mean, look, I love this kind of development. Mics are still on, Tom. Oh, no, they're yeah. not. No, they're not. We're off mic. There's a commercial playing. Now I, I'm having a, one of those brain things right now. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I get them all the time. Years and years ago, back when I think George DeMint was mayor yes. of Bossier, there yes. was a lot of talk about developing that property where Margaritaville is and possibly bringing in some residential. Um, that overlooking the river, that would be, I mean, just absolutely primo spots. Is that something anybody's looking at yet? Have you heard any talk about that? I tell you, uh, in a week's time, I have multiple people come up 
and talk with me about bringing neighborhoods, townhouses, not just at that location, but all over Bossier City. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel, I get chills up down. So many people come to Bossier City wanting to come. There is some major companies coming. Uh, there's some that's already came. Sorry oh, about goodness. that. <laughs> Did I talk too long? <laughs> no, you're good. So you have a lot of things still booming. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, I'll... Y'all can probably have me back next week and then the week after that and after that because to tell you all the stuff that's coming to Bowser City right okay. now. Okay. Mayor Tommy Chandler, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Sometimes it just works out this way. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty with the Bowser City Mayor. Tommy Chandler, who already said his goodbyes, but we've uh, we, we have more questions. I want to know what's going on in Bozier. We're not on the air that you can tell me. Some new development. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, no. you've got some. There's some. You're working on alleviating traffic issues. The, the train issue has been a problem in Bozier for years, but y'all have been working on some some loop de loops and some overpasses that are going to save a little bit of, of a mess. The, uh, the yeah, the Bigby Carriageway, mm-hmm. and that that is working real good. There there's they're still working on the bridge to go over the, the tracks mm-hmm. to drop off on Benton Road. That way you'll be able to go from north to south or south to north and not be no lights or no uh, trains at all. So it'll be a nice, smooth move. Okay. Bozier's been expanding all the way from from the southern end. All the, Why is the city growing? I mean, it's growing in every direction. Uh, I hope to say it was because, I mean, in Bozier... I mean, not we're safe not only in the fire, but we're safe in the police. Mm-hmm. We try to keep our city clean. Uh, you know, uh, Wade Rich with the you know the public works. He's always, if you notice, right before the uh, air show, everything was immaculate. Everything was. He made sure everything was clean for mm-hmm. us. And and uh, uh, but you know. The, I just hope that we, we open our arms up for every business to mm-hmm. come. Well, even your water towers are beautiful. Oh, I know. Yes. Can you get those guys to paint ours? Can you work on that? Oh, for a fee. <laughs> There's and are, and are the you, secret. Um, do you get the, I'm curious about, do you get the invite to go tour Amazon? I sure did not. You did uh, not? No, I, I was looking for it, and I, I was hoping that you was going to. I know, think hey, you can crash it. I think, I think you I could can. crash it today. Well, uh, what time and is go. it today? I'm not sure. You we're can call. Talking, Aaron and I are talking about going back out again today. Yeah, because I know they're going to have a lot of uh, a nice spread for you, you muckety mucks. Awesome. It's it's a thousand jobs. It's going to be a lot of Bozier folks starting at sixteen bucks an hour. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Bozier folks staying Bozier with the jobs we got coming to Bozier too now. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, there yeah. Look at him teasing. And, you, and yeah. we have to teasing. say, you know yeah. why he brought the Whataburger in? We have to remember this. Oh, yeah. this, it's is, right. this is going back to John Nicholson who talked about the mayor's salary of Shreveport. Mayor Perkins' salary should be raised because you shouldn't have a mayor who all he could afford to eat was Whataburger. And it was a, made a big well, joke. It went, it went viral. And so uh, Tommy, Tommy, everywhere he goes, he brings water. Well, not only can we, uh, you know, enjoy the burger, but I also bring y'all the biscuit. Sausage. Yes. Very <laughs> Which I'm about to tear into here in just a moment. Yes. Yeah, they're going to dig into uh, them. Tommy Chandler, thanks for coming out. I hope you'll do it again soon. Yes, ma'am. Thank y'all for inviting me. You Thank bet. you, Tommy. Right. 